Jeremiah chapter 1 verse number 10 reads, See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build and to plant. You know, sometimes last year I told us, I said, don't relax regarding this COVID-19 thing. Because when you are at ease, this thing has a way of coming around and trying to rear its head. But any time this thing is trying, making an effort to rear its head, will be cutting it off. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, I want you to start to pray wherever you are. We decree, we declare in Jesus' name. COVID-19 will not what You will not flourish here. We take authority over you. We cut you off in the name of Jesus Christ. And we decree and we declare in, Je in Jesus' name. It is well with us. It is well with our city. It is well with our nation. In the name of Jesus. For so many days we've had zero infection in the state of Victoria. Zero infection in the nation of Australia. But in the, on Friday, they said they've discovered 13. And therefore, we, we've gone into lockdown. Therefore, we say in Jesus' name, no evil will befall you. No sickness, no COVID-19 will come near you. Any one of you, open your mouth and start to pray. Open your mouth and start to decree. Open your mouth and start to declare. In Jesus' name. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. I want you to decree after me that I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Therefore, I will abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. And I'm saying, the Lord is my refuge and is my fortress my God in him will I trust and surely he will deliver me from every snare of the fowler from perilous pestilence from COVID-19 he will cover me with his feathers and under his wings I will take refuge his truth will be my shield and my buckler. Therefore, I will not be afraid of the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day, the pestilence that walks in darkness, or the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall by my side. Thousand by my right side, but it shall never, never, never come near me. Only with my eyes will I see the recompense of the wicked, because I've made the Lord my God and the Most High my habitation. No evil, no COVID 19. No pestilence will befall me. No plague, no pandemic will come near my dwelling. For the Lord is giving his angels charge over me. To keep me in all my ways. Therefore, 
I will not dash my foot against a stone. But rather I will tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent I will trample on the foot. In Jesus name. And the people of God said, Amen. Praise God. That is your shot. That is your vaccine. You've already been vaccinated before. This is another shot you are taking. In the name of Jesus Christ. As because you are shielded and you are protected. We have authority in the name of Jesus. By the word of the living God. And we declare it. And he confirms it. In Jesus name. The word you don't declare. God will not have anything. If you don't declare the word. God will not have anything to confirm. Amen. It is the word that you declare that he will work on and it will confirm in your life. The Bible says we will decree a thing and it will be established unto us and light will shine upon our ways. That is why we must open our mouth and declare. But you can't just be declare anything if you are not carrying authority. Amen. It's not just opening our mouth and saying anything or saying something. We carry authority in the spirit. And authority is derived from the word of God. I don't want to run ahead of myself because I'm going to get to that later today or later this morning as we go into God's word. And also listen to the announcements. All our church and the house meetings will take place via Zoom this week. Both on Thursdays and on Tuesdays, all the meetings will be via Zoom. So you just wait to receive your Zoom link and hook on because of the tremendous thing we'll be sharing. Ah, even this week, as we continue our study on the person, the power, and the works of the Holy Spirit. That's very important that you tune in. Very important that you are connected because the Holy Spirit is the director of heavenly affairs on earth. So if you are hooked up to him, if you are linked up to him, you can have access to what heaven is saying, heaven is doing, heaven is connected to on earth. And when you have access, you are taking advantage of your advantage. The problem is that many of us are not taking advantage of the advantage. He gave us the Holy Spirit to give us an advantage in life. Tell your name was it. He said, my friend, take advantage of your advantage in jesus name amen this morning we'll be looking at the exceptional and the exemplary life of faith the exceptional and the exemplary life of faith but i want to warn us because i've not come to preach a message or like some people will say i've not come to preach a sermon so it's not that, oh, this is, you have sat down, and then we've gone to study, and then, okay, what are we going to say? No, 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 I want to impart your life. Because God wants to take you to another level. So this is impartation that will bring, what, revolution. You are going to wake up tomorrow morning. In fact, after this message, and this series of messages I'll be preaching, in the days to come, in the weeks to come, something will happen to you that will change your life forever. I told God, I said, Lord, I just don't want to go and preach to anyone. I want to carry the seed of your word that will change lives and change generations and change cities and change nations. That is the word I'm bringing to you. 
Because that word is a seed with the capacity to completely transform cities and lives and nations and destinies. So this morning, we're looking at the exceptional and the exemplary life of faith. Bow your head, let's pray. You talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to meet with you afresh. I just don't want to hear the voice. I want to hear the voice within the voice. I want to hear you speak to me. Guide me. Teach me. Impart me. Change me. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to remain the same. It's time for me to go to the next level. I want to move to the next level. Because this is a year of open doors and limitless possibilities. I don't want to limit you in my life. Move, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in church next Sunday. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The exceptional and the exemplary life of faith. Before I go on, I want to look at those two words, exceptional and exemplary. What exactly do they mean? The word exceptional means something that is an exception. Should I dare say to you that you are an exception? Amen. You, are, you should be an exception to the norm. Praise God. Because the life of Christ is in you. Amen. You are an exception. The word exceptional means an exception. It means rare. It means unusual. It means extraordinary. It means excellent. It means superior. Amen. Praise God. And the word exemplary means worthy of emulation. It means commendable, exemplary conduct, an example, an illustration, and a specimen. God wants to make you an example. He wants to make you someone, something that will be worthy of what? Of emulation. Something that others, or someone that others will look at because they will see the grace of God upon your life and they say, I want to be like so and so. I believe that is what you desire, to be an example to this generation, not to be a partaker of the perversity of this generation, because they, you know there's so much perversion in our generation, but God will separate you from the park in Jesus' name. He will separate your children from the park in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and I'll be looking at the lives of examples even in the Bible, because we have people that we can look at, that will reveal to us that the Bible, the scriptures have actually made examples to us even in this. And I'm going to shock you because you're going to see something there. You know, I will look at it, we'll start to look at it from today. But the first ones I'll be looking at are people that you probably will not expect, you know, because they're actually only two people in the entire Bible, in the entire ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ that Jesus commended for their faith. Only two. Only two. Somebody said, uh, Pastor, are you sure? I'm absolutely certain. Because I've gone in, I've checked it, I've looked at it, and none of them were actually the disciples. And can I go further to say none of them was actually, the, the two of them were not even Jews. 
Isn't it interesting that you find faith in unusual places? <laughs> Praise God. But let me say this. You're not talking about faith. Because faith is not just, oh yes, oh we're teaching about faith now. It's not a doctrine that we just teach on. Faith is far, far bigger than that. Faith is actually a total, is the totality of what we believe. Faith is not just, okay, how do I, you know, it's far, far bigger than that. And that is why the Bible says that, you know, we're not just, we're saved by faith. Ephesians 2, 8 says, by faith or by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourself, it is the gift of God. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Meaning that even thank God for the grace of God. But without your faith in the saving grace, you will not receive salvation. So by grace you are saved through faith. And it is not of yourself. So it's not something we boast about. It's not something saying, you know, I'm now saved because I've been very good, because I've done this, because I've done that. No, it is the gift of God to us. Salvation is a gift. Praise God. And it's available to everyone. That's why Jude calls it common salvation. Not because it's cheap, but because it's available. Not only are we saved by faith, the Bible says we receive from God by faith. Because without faith, you can't receive from God. Mark 11, 22 to 24 says that have faith in God. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, look at that. He said, I'm assuring you. I'm assuring you. I say to you, whoever, whoever, I love the scriptures, I must tell you. Because he said, I'm assuring you. Look at Jesus giving you an assurance. It's almost as if take my word to the bank. You know, how many people can say that? Amen. Praise God. You know, but look at Jesus saying it. I'm, I'm very, very particular because many times this is one of the keys to working in faith. Because learn to keep your word. When you be, when you say you be in a place, be there. When you say I'll be there at two, be there at two. If you show up there at 2.15 or 2.10, let it be an exception. Let people be able to say about you that, oh, she's not here, she's not here. Something must be wrong because we don't know him to be like that. But people take their words for granted. They say, I will do this, and they won't do it. And sometimes you say, and it's, and it's like, oh, that's okay. But uh, no, it's not okay. Because when you practice that, when you make it, when, you, when your spirit gets to know that, oh, what you are saying, you don't believe in it, it will be difficult to believe the word that God is saying to you. You practice it in your life. When you say you do this for someone, do it. When you say I'll be there, be there. When you say I'll do this, do this. If the word of God does not carry integrity, how do we believe it? The confidence we have in God is because we know he will do what? What he says he will do. I can see him walking in my favor. I can see him fighting my battles. I can see him bringing in my miracle. He will do what he says he will do. That is the God we serve. He's not a God that will say, okay, don't ask of me and I'll bless you. Ask of me and I'll forgive and I'll do this. And then you say, okay, I've done this. I was only joking. 
That's not the God we're serving. So Jesus said, I'm assuring you, I love that. I will go to the bank with that. I'm assuring you. And I say to you, look at the authority in his word. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and what? And be cast into the sea. The word there noted is a word of creative command. Hello. If you learn to use it, if you learn to apply it in your life, you see things happen for you. Say, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believe that those things he says will be done he will have he will have whatever he says he will have whatever you say so which may be careful what you're saying verse 24 now says therefore i say to you whatever things you ask i love this whatever things you ask when you what when you pray believe that you receive them and you what and you will have them will receive from God by faith. Number four, of number three, we walk with God by what? By faith. So one, we are saved by faith. We receive from God by faith. We walk with God by faith. For by what? Second Corinthians chapter five, verse number seven. What does it say? For we walk by faith and not by what? And not by sight. For we walk by what? By faith and not by what? By sight. And number four, we what? We live by faith. For the just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17. What does it say? Or from verse number 16. What does it say? For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Then verse number 17. For in it, in what? In the gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed. Or God's right way of doing things is revealed. From faith to faith. Can you grow from faith to faith? You know, at a, at a family altar, prayer time yesterday, and I was talking to my daughters, and I was saying to them, hey, listen to me, that you, you know, you can't every time, on a regular basis, on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis, you must be growing from faith to faith. And I said to them, look at how, compare your faith now to how it was in the year 2020, to how it was in year 2019, how it was in year 2018. Have you made the desired progress? Or you have actually what? You have actually gone down. Because any life that is not worth examining is not worth living. You must check your faith. Just like we sent our children to school and they go every year from one class to what? To another. In this year, year seven. Next year, year eight. Next year, year ten. Another year, year eleven. Can you imagine you send a child to school uh, now in, in, in high school? Uh, this year, year seven. Next year, year seven. The year after, year seven. The year after, now they say, okay, yeah, because you have been in year seven A, move to year seven B the following year, and then move you to year seven C. Won't you call the child and say, let's have some conversation here? From faith to faith, how fervent are you? How commitment? How committed are you? Or how's your commitment? 2021 compared to 2020, how fervent are you? Are you losing your faith? Are you progressing in your faith? Or going back in your faith? And you know, sometimes we now start to give excuse for the things we once condemned. Well. 
you know it's not easy to pray or it's not easy to fast somebody once said to me because we announced the time of praying and fasting in church he came to me and said pastor this fasting thing is not easy because when we were in africa oh we used to fast but here in Australia, there's food everywhere. There's food everywhere. It's not easy to fast because here is chocolate. Here is uh, this one. Here is that one. It's not easy. And I said, hey, what is happening to your faith? Praise God. Hello. What is happening to your faith? The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the judge shall live by what? We live by faith. Can I tell you that this is one of the very few scriptures mentioned four times in the entire Bible. I don't have time. You search it out. In fact, I can give you the references so that you can go ahead and look at it. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Romans 1 17. Galatians 3 11. Hebrews 10 38. You find it again and again and again. God talking to us that the just shall live by faith, affirming the scripture to us, repeating it again and again and again and again. Let me use this opportunity to tell you, you know, learn to go back to the messages that have been preached and listen again. As you are listening now, don't think after today, yes, I've learned of it, I've learned it, I know it. No, you'll be shallow. At best, you have superficial revelation and if you have any insight at all, it will be superficial. You have not listened to a message. You have not read the scriptures until you've gone back again and again and again and again. Somebody said, but I'm so busy. I need to go to war. I need to do this and do that. And those, I'm not saying you, you don't have to go to war. Go to war, but are there things you can cut off? Hello? How about that? Those, the time on Facebook? How about the time on WhatsApp? How about the time of chatting or gisting? Oh, my, there's gist. I've got gist. Come, 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 come. And then we're gisting for the next one hour. Can you cut off the gisting? Does that work? You know, a lot of times gisting is gossiping. Hey, have you had the latest? Oh, <laughs> have you had the latest? Latest about what? You are hearing the letters about that person. You are not hearing the letters about the word of God. What is this saying to you now? What is the Bible saying to you now? Can you see the reason why many times the church of many, the faith of many in the church is so weak? To be honest with you, I'm not saying a time where the faith of so many is so weak compared to the times we are living in now. Faith is so weak. Our capacity is small. But you can't increase your capacity in the spirit without increasing your capacity to what? To believe him. Said the just shall live by what? By faith. The just shall live by faith. Faith is trusting God. The just shall live by what? Are you, are you getting the point? The just shall live by what? The judge shall live by what? The judge shall live by what? Are you truly getting it? What is that saying to you? That the judge shall not live by or her salary. Hello? The judge shall not live by what? By sight? 
by salary, by all those ones. But that is my pay. Then you are not living by faith. What is faith? Did Joshua live by? I can give you examples in my life. Faith is trusting God. Faith is trusting God. And many times God wants to lift you beyond that area where you are, that space where you occupy. But if you've not learned to trust him, it's difficult to leave that space. Why? Because you don't know him. The just shall live by faith, by trusting God, by God making available to you what is not what. That is why I call it, you know, unusual. You know, unusual. The unusual life of faith. The, the exceptional, the exemplary life of faith. This is what God has called us to. Are you living below where God wants you to be? Now, let me take us. Or maybe I should take you to, you know, Hebrews chapter 11. I, I love the scripture, you know. For, and I'll start to read for you from verse 1, especially TPT. If you don't have TPT, you can read from the King James. But I'll read to you from TPT. He said, now faith brings our hopes into reality and become the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. <laughs> it is all the evidence you need to prove what is still what? Unseen. Oh yes, you have not seen it yet. Oh yeah, you have not seen it yet. And that thing you are trusting God, you are yet to see. All you need is faith in God. I love Shambak. Have you heard of Shambak? Many of us, I don't think you've heard of Shambak. Powerful evangelist in the 70s and the 80s. He would always say this. You don't have any problem. All you need is faith in God. I would say, wow. <laughs> you don't have any problem. All you need is faith in God. It is the evidence of what it is you require to prove what is still unseen. That is why I've been celebrating and I've been rejoicing at the at, at what at, at the our property, the transfer of ownership of the our church building and and the property. And God has been taking us from one level to another, from one level to another, from one level to another. I'm telling you, it is done. How is it? Because of what? Faith in God. We trust in him. You know, we have trusted him even regarding the finances and he's supernaturally provided the finances. We are now at the other stage of sorting it out and everything like that. And I'm telling you, there's no demon in hell that can stop him from manifesting in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh yes, he says the evidence you need is the evidence you require of things not seen. How about in your life? Amen. How about in your life? Why did I say that? Because faith is activated by your words. Hello. You can't say you have faith and you're saying something contrary to the desire of the thing you're trusting God for. Your words must line up. Verse 2 says the testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. How about our generation? How about your generation? How about my generation? He said it is what? The testimony of faith is what the previous generations were commended for. He said for by it the elders obtain a good testimony. King James says they obtain a good report. Then verse number 3. He said faith empowers us to see that the universe was created. And beautifully coordinated by the power of God's word. He spoke and the invisible 
realm gave birth to all that is seen. Now, let me take you to the story of this man. This man that the scriptures have made an example to us. Remember? The exemplary and what? The exceptional life of faith. Let me take you to the story of this man. Not even a Jew. Not even part of the disciples. And at this time, not a Jew, not a disciple. But here you have a man commended by the Lord himself about what is outstanding faith. Let me take you to the story of who was, and do you know one thing? It struck me here that his name was not even mentioned. Oh, oh, and I was meditating on it. And the Lord was putting this in my heart that there are many that will be commended in heaven that are unknown on earth. That nobody has had their names. You will be shocked that some of the big names that seem to be so popular here, they are completely. Literally, when you get to heaven, you will not find a lot. <laughs> some of your superstars, movie stars, you'll be so oh, because some of you know they, they say about this. Oh, uh, have you watched this uh, Super Clone Five? Oh, he said it is Mary Mag- Mago who acted it, and it is uh, acted by Samuel Chako. And then another the one that uh, and you don't really know the names. You'll be so shocked that many of them will not even be there. Or even if some of them are there at all, they may not be as popular as you think as they've been here. This man's name was not even mentioned. And the Lord said to me, there are many that will be celebrated in heaven that their names are unknown on earth. Matthew chapter 8 from verse number 5. The book of Matthew chapter 8. From verse now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, you know, at this time Capernaum had become the headquarters of his ministry. I didn't coin that, it's in the Bible. Matthew chapter 4. He was born where? And he was raised where? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I said he was born where? And I had, you know, Nazareth. He was not born in Nazareth. He grew up in Nazareth. He was born in Bethlehem. And he grew up in Nazareth. But by the time he was starting his ministry, he moved to Capernaum. So Capernaum became the headquarters of his ministry. So when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. He was a centurion. He didn't say, oh, uh, who are centurions? Centurions were Roman captains or captains in the Roman army. They didn't say Captain Roger Smart came to him. Or Captain, you know, they didn't say all of all of that. They said a centurion, centurion, just a, cap- a captain in the Roman army. But centurions were very influential in the days of Jesus because they were the ones who would lead soldiers into battle. They led from the front, not from the back. So you always find them in the heat of battles. You know, during the time of Jesus, Roman citizens are almost special class of citizens. 
You couldn't touch them, you couldn't punish them, but centurions are allowed to punish Roman citizens. So they had a lot of clout at the time because of the role that they played in the army. So this guy was not just another man across the street. So he was a captain in the Roman army. And he came to Jesus pleading with him and saying, Lord, can you imagine coming to Jesus and saying what? Lord, a captain would know because many people look up to them. So for this man to now approach Jesus and say, Lord, I will actually call it almost the height of humility. Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Look at the person, look, look at his approach to Jesus. Was he on behalf of himself? Was he on behalf of his own son, biological son? Was he on behalf of his own biological daughter? Can you see, he came on behalf of his servants. And there are two things involved there. Number one, this servant must have proved himself to be what? Exemplary. He must have proved himself to him that this is someone who had been a servant. In fact, the word servant there is actually the word slave. So this man who had been a slave, probably he bought him. But in his conduct, in his commitment, in his dedication, and the way he had served, he had almost become like a son in the house. And look at what happened here. When this EU came up, the centurion, as reputable, as prominent, uh, and with the role, to, was ready to jump out and go to Jesus asking for the healing of this particular slave. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? I remember when we were trusting God, I mean, when we were putting together some of the funds, and there were some of us who were putting, and I thank God for your life. And I'm telling you, God, the God that has called me, will abundantly reward. Because there are some of us who give sacrificially towards that. And he said this to me. He said, tell them. Was talk, I was talking to one of our sisters. I said, tell her. And I believe what he says to one, he says to all. He said, tell her I will not forget. What does that mean? That, oh, you know, human beings can forget. Even if human beings will not forget, human beings will eventually die. What happens when they die? Sometimes it's gone. Others after them might not remember. Isn't that what happened to Pharaoh? There was a pharaoh who brought Joseph, who, who, who made Joseph the prime minister. But uh, another, the Bible says another pharaoh came who did not what? Who did not know Joseph and definitely did not remember what happened before. So the generation had passed and that generation. But when God says, I will not forget, because he does not, God will not what? Will not forget. And he, spirits don't die. Meaning from generation to generation, it will continue to remain. Even when you are gone, it will say, because look at what she did. Look at what he did. He will take care of your what? Your generations after you. God says, I will not forget. Amen. What am I trying to say to you? That don't think God will forget your service and your commitment to him. The way you have showed, the way you have served, the way you have... And I thank God for a number of us 
in our church. I thank God for the way you served. I thank God for some of us in the various departments. I thank God for your commitment. You have been an encouragement to me. And hear this is a prophetic word. God is saying to you, I will not forget. I will not forget. <laughs> oh, I will not forget. He said he will not forget. In fact, the Bible says it will be unjust to forget your works and your labor of love which you have shown to the saints. God says, I will be an unjust God to forget. So God is saying to you, I will not forget. The givings you have, the, your, in your givings, your commitments, your dedication, your prayer life, your serving him, God is saying he will not forget. So this centurion went and met Jesus and said, Please come and heal my servant who is dreadfully, who is in this particular dreadfully tormented, paralyzed. And Jesus said, I'll think about it. Hello? Or Jesus said, well, maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. Look at what he said here. I will. Very affirmative. I will come and heal him. The words of Jesus the life of Jesus, they are the will of the Father at all times in all generations. So if he said this to the centurion, I will come and heal your servant, he's saying the same thing to us today. God would never said, okay, maybe let me think about it. Uh, maybe by next year. No, 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 no. He said, I will come and heal him. Then somebody said, where's the challenge? The challenge is never with him. The challenge is with man. Is never with God. The challenge is with him. God is, is always saying, I will come. I will come and provide this. I will. is always his will to make healing available. I will. It is my will. That's what he's saying there. It is my will to heal. Verse number 8. Then what happens? Then the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. That means you don't have to come, Lord. You just what? Speak what? A thousand words? No. Speak a word. That means a word from God can change your life forever. Speak a word. All you need to hear is a word. I've been speaking a number of words today, but there's a word that you need to hear. That word that will connect with your heart and your spirit. That will start to cause a complete transformation on your inside. You need to hear a word. If you've listened to all I've been saying, or at the end of it all, and you've not had any word, oh, you have not connected. There's a word you need to hear. But only speak a word, and my servant will be what? Healed. Verse number 9. For I am also what? A man. Under what? Under authority. Having soldiers under me. And I say to this one what? Go. And he will say, no, I'm thinking about it. No. Go. And he what? Goes. Have you? Uh, I worked in the military for a year. Back in Nigeria. And I observed that when a senior will call a junior officer, or I'm not talking about even a general, general is too high, when you call a junior officer and say, um, so and so and so, you say, yes sir, I've reported 
Yes, sir. Not that. Oh, uh, in fact, when they want to, they, when they want to, probably just uh, belittle. They say, don't, don't stop behaving like a civilian. You know, civilians are the ones that say yes. You know, so stop behaving like a civilian. They report, and when they have their heart on, without their heart, go and park your bags. Next week we are moving to Afghanistan. Yes, sir. Not uh, Afghan water, you see. No, it's only civilians who think like that. Praise God. He said, I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and it will, he goes. To another, come, and it will, comes. And to my servant, do this, and what? He does it. Meaning that in the same way that I command my soldiers, in the same way you can also command the word, and it will also work, it will, the word will go, the word will come, and the word will do the thing that you are putting the word to do. In the same way, I'm a man under authority. Can I submit to what this is the area where many of us are missing it when it comes to faith? Because of this authority. Because of this authority. Why is it that the words of many don't carry authority? Why is it? I want to explain it to you. Because there are four key things about authority. Number one is this. Number one is the authority is delegated power. Authority is delegated power. That means that it's not though yes, it's been delegated. Authority is delegated power. Delegated power by someone in higher what? Occupied higher position, higher authority, higher office, higher place. And God is in that world, is in a position of higher authority and is in a place that is higher than all of us. And what God can, what is the world, what? And the centurion uh, uh, says here, I'm a man under authority in the same way that Jesus, you are also what? You are a man of authority. And do you notice if you read the scriptures, the, Jesus will always say this, that the son can do nothing. Meaning that what? The son is a man or is a person under what? Authority. Are you under authority? Are you under authority? I listened to some of the teachings in children's church uh, yesterday. Not all, but some of it. And I, and I heard them they were talking about authority. Authority is important that even as children we learn authority. Authority is very important. When you are a man under authority, you will not be lawless. For I'm a man under authority, one, authority is delegated power. Number two, you can only carry authority to the extent of the power of the person who has delegated the authority to you. I'll repeat, you can only carry authority to the extent of the power of the person who has delegated the authority to you. That is why when Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then the very next word he said, go! He delegated the authority to us. And that is why it is not scriptural when you are asking God to come and bind Satan. You open your mouth and bind him. You say, Lord, come and take away this sickness from me. You are wasting time. The authority has been given to you. You start to speak the word. You start to declare the word. You declare the authority of God's word. 
You are a man, I'm a man under authority. I'm also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Number three, it takes a man under authority to exercise what? Authority. If you're not under authority, if no one can talk to you, you know, you are a man that cannot exercise authority. The centurion says, I'm a man under authority. I have generals over me. And because of that, I also have soldiers under me. I'm able to issue command because I'm under authority. Are you under authority? We must be under the authority of God. When? And the authority of those that God has placed over us. Somebody say, I don't care about anybody. I'm under the authority of God. You are missing it because it's not going to come down. That is why he has placed people in your life to what? To represent his authority in your life. Look at the situation we are in in Victoria right now. We are under a five days restriction. Why? Because of the authority that Daniel Andrew is exercising as the premier of Victoria. Is it possible for Daniel Andrew to slam five day restriction on the whole of Australia? And say, and come on, on television and say, well, as the premier of Victoria, because I'm, I don't like the, 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 the numbers in New South Wales, the numbers in Queensland, I'm slamming five days restriction on the whole of Australia. Even if you are, maybe even if he's taking a bit of more beer or whatever it is, you know, after saying that, the eyes will clear and say, "Hey, hey, hey, you, you can't do this because he does not have that kind of what authority." So the authority you exercise is what one to the extent of the person or the power of the person who has delegated the authority to you. Is, he was voted in by people of what? Not the people of what? New South Wales. So New South Wales can say, hey, 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 stop there. But Scott Morrison can come and say, because of this situation, I'm announcing this regarding Australia. Why? Because it was voted in by the entire nation of Australia. So it takes a man under authority to exercise authority. Do you want to exercise more authority? Learn to be under authority. Finally, the authority of the believer is totally dependent on the revelation knowledge of God's word that you carry. The authority of the believer is dependent on the revel or the revealed knowledge of God's word that you have. That is why you need to get your nose into this world. Get your eyes into this world. Get your ears into this world. Spend a bit more time and more time and more time in this world so that it can be revealed to you. And with that, you can carry more authority in your life. The reason why sometimes we speak the way we speak, we behave the way we behave, is because of the fact that we just do not have the revealed knowledge. The reality of what we see is, is much more real to us than the presence that the Word of God uh, carries. And as we fellowship, as we spend time in the world, you find that word being revealed to us so that we can carry more authority. Now, in verse number what? Verse number 10. Jesus now said, Wow. What did Jesus say? He said, wow. 
and said to those who followed. That means he must have looked around and said, What? Did you hear that? Can you, did you hear that? Jesus said, Wow. I believe that if the word wow had been invented then, that would be the word that would be there. He marveled, said, Wow. And said to those who followed, Assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in world, in, in Israel. And I say to you, many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the, in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness, and they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Look at that. Jesus said, wow, he marveled. And said to those, say, I have not found such great faith in Israel. Let me read through from Luke chapter 7. Quickly. Luke chapter 7. The same story from verse 1. Now when he concluded all the sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered into Capernaum. Luke 7 from verse 1. And a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. Was sick and what? So that means that he was at the point of death. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent the elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servants. The Bible says, Matthew said he went. Luke said he sent the elders. Uh, meaning that he made the effort to what? To pass the message to Jesus. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent the elders to the, of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal the servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was what? Deserving. I wanted to show us something there. Look at the way they came to Jesus. They said this man was what? Deserving. Why? They said, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was already not from the house, the centurion sent his friend to say, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy that you should enter under you should enter under my roof. Let me say to you, don't ever approach God based on the fact that you are deserving. Sometimes things have happened to people, and I've had people say this, and I told God, Lord, I pay my tithe. Lord, I do this. Lord, I pray seven times. Lord, I do this, I do that. <laughs> you can't outgive God. We are saved by graves. If God will give you what you deserve, you will not qualify for anything. Grace of God gives us what we don't deserve. The mercy of God pre prevents us from receiving what we deserve. How about the many failures in your life? How about the disappointment? How about the things you have done? How about sometimes even the words you have said? Even now as believers, that if God will start to allow all your words to come to pass in your life, that you'll be in big trouble. How many times have you confessed and said something that are totally as a hey, that God will just quickly roll the power down so that that word will not impact your life or your future? Don't ever go to God and say, I deserve it. Don't go to God based on who you are. Go to God based on who he is. Go to God based on his grace. Don't go to him and say, look at what I've been doing for you. Look at what I've been doing for you. Do you know nobody prays the way I pray in this Victoria? Don't say that. Don't say, you know, I, you know how much I gave last Sunday, Lord. Nobody, nobody. Had, don't do that. Somebody said, why not? Because you are cutting off grace. 
When you start to do that, you cut off the grace of God in your life. And grace can give you much more. And that is why when, he, when they said that to Jesus, you know, he didn't acknowledge it. He didn't say to them, he didn't say, oh yes, he's a, such a wonderful man. I know he built the synagogue. He gave the largest amount. That, that's it. That, that, that's what is up. No, no, no. He did not look at that at all because he didn't want to disqualify the man. Because that could have disqualified the man. And but look at what he did. He went within. He didn't comment on what they said. He didn't acknowledge what they said because he knew that would disqualify him. That would stop him from receiving the healing for his servant that he desired so much. Then Jesus went with them. And when was already not far from the house, the centurion said, friends, and he said this. And therefore, verse 7, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but said the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I said to one, go, and he what? Goes. To another, come, and he what? Comes. And to my servant, do this, and he do, does it. When Jesus had these things, he again what? Marveled. And turned around and said to the crowd that followed, I say to you, I have not found such what? Great faith, not even in Israel. The word great there is actually the word greatest. It's the word greatest. So Jesus actually said this, I have not found such what? Such what? This is like the greatest faith. I have not found it exercised even in Israel. And who exercised it? A centurion, a Roman soldier, not a Jew, not one of the disciples. In fact, there was no single time that he commended them. A lot of times he was rebuking them because they were very close to him. They were seeing his lifestyle, but they were still so far away in their understanding. But Jesus commended the faith of this man. And this is so important to us, we learn from him. Because he remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. What did this man do? Number one, his humility. Number two, he was selfless. He was selfless. Because he approached Jesus, not for himself, but for his servant, who was dreadfully. Do you know the centurion? Go and read about the centurions. The centurion actually had the authority to kill that servant. Or to kill that slave. But he chose not to. Rather, he sought his healing. His selflessness. Number three. The centurion's understanding of the authority of the word of God. The authority of God's word, because the authority, God's word carries what? Authority. The authority. And then number four, understanding what authority truly is. Because you can't release the word of God or the authority in the world without understanding the authority of God's word. And Jesus looked at him and said, You've not been attending Bible study. Jesus looked at him. I've never seen you in the synagogue. And he marveled at the great faith that this man was operating in. I believe that God 
is calling us to another level of faith in our faith in our work with him and this man is a study that we all need to go back to and read and read and read and next week i'll take you to the second person to show you also about the person that jesus commended also the faith do you think jesus will commend your faith the way you are now do you think Jesus will look and say, yes, well done? If, he should, if Jesus will come now, will you hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Will he commend your faith? Or what will happen? It's time for us to make the necessary adjustments so that we can be in a place where we can lay hold on the things that God has ordained for us so that we will not shortchange ourselves and not live such a low life compared to his plan, his purpose, and his will for us. I was reading something, I was studying, and I saw something that touched me. That in Egypt, he kept on referring, he told Pharaoh himself, told Joseph, said, the best of the land of Egypt has been reserved for you and repeated it and do you know do you find that and if pharaoh could say that do, do, do you think god will want you to do, to just be at the at, at, at the bottom of the pond struggling all through i don't think so i believe wherever you are located god wants to give you his best but how do you lay hold on the best is by understanding who he is and being able to exercise the authority of the world and be humble. Don't because of little achievement, accomplishment, you know, you are now, uh, no, no, don't do that. Because God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Despite all his accolades, despite his, his, what, his status, despite his clout, this man was willing to humble himself to go and what? Seek for the healing of not his own children, but one of the servants working for him. Do you know that according to the Roman law, this man could actually even just kill Jesus? But there was something that he's learned or heard about Jesus. He was willing to humble himself before him. This is going to be key in the days ahead. Because God wants to exalt, but he will only exalt the humble. This is going to be key because your attitude will ultimately determine your altitude. Not your aptitude. Are you willing to be humble? You see God raising you and promoting you. Are you willing to care for others and not be well, selfish? Are you willing to be concerned about others and not just thinking about me and me and me? Then you are a candidate for his promotion in the days to come. Are you willing to give more time to the world? Are you willing to ask God to Lord, reveal to me the authority of your world? Then you are someone that will work in greater authority in the days to come. 
I'm excited about what the future holds. But these are some of the keys that will determine that future in your life. Amen. Praise God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word to us. We give you all the praise, honor, adoration for this word that you have opened up to us. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that if we willing, if we desire to receive direction from you, we must be also be willing to receive your correction. Lord, thank you for the words of correction that you brought to us this morning. Because he whom you love, you chastise. Thank you for encouraging us and challenging us to make adjustments because of what you plan to do for us in the days to come. Lord, we say we are willing. You bow your heads and you talk to him. You talk to him. What do you desire? What do you want to see in your life? What do you want to see in your life? Don't be this, this is not the time to be distracted. This is not the time to be distracted by children. Listen very well. This is a very important time in this message. You talk to the Lord. You have open your heart to him and talk to him. And say, Lord, I would like to also walk in greater faith that I'm walking in now. Please come and teach me. Show me areas where I need to personally make adjustments in my life. Show me. Teach me. Help me. Guide me. Lord, correct me. Feel free to correct me. So that I can receive fully your direction for my life. I don't want myself to be cut off. I don't want to live a low life. But Father, help me. Father, we want to thank you. We've humbled ourselves before you this morning. And as many as have spoken to you, cried out in their hearts and asked for this, let it be to them according to the desires of their hearts. Thank you, Father, for the release of grace. Immeasurable grace. Outstanding grace at work in the lives of these ones. Even from now on. Thank you for the adjustments. That by your grace. That oh Lord my God. They will make. And they have even started making. By declaring it before you. Father we want to thank you. And thank you so much oh Lord my God. Because next Sunday we will be back. To sanctuary worship. In the name of Jesus Christ. Whereby we'll be able to again celebrate another victory over pandemic, pestilence, COVID-19, and whatever it is that the enemy has installed, trying to throw at us. Thank you for the authority that you've given to us. For our authority over nations and over kingdoms to root out, to destroy, to cast out, to pull down. We give you praise because this plague is defeated in the name of Jesus. The power is broken in Jesus' name. For no evil shall befall us. No sickness, disease will come near any one of us. We give you all the praise, honor, and adoration. Receive it, Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name. And everybody said...